Hey everyone, it's Michael here from goodyreader.com and you are listening to the Goody Reader Radio Show slash podcast. And on this show, we kind of run down all the latest e-reader news that's been transpiring over the past couple weeks and to bring you guys up to date on everything happening and everything e-ink and e-paper. So there's been a few new products that have been announced and I think some of them are pretty compelling. Philips has just released their first e-paper device and it's basically a hybrid monitor with an LCD screen with a pit with a 13.3 inch e-reader that's attached to it and the e-reader itself swivels 45 degrees so it's the first monitor that has both a color screen for looking at color content and also like an e-paper display as well. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. This is the first product that's ever done something like this. We've seen countless monitors made of e-ink, both 13.3 and all the way to 25 inches. And you know, they cost like four or $5,000. So they're kind of expensive. Uh, this is only going to retail for like, I don't know, uh, 1400. So it's pretty affordable. You get like, um, pretty solid specs, but talking about like the e-reader screen, uh, 150 PPI, frontlet display and color temperature system. The monitor itself is pretty okay. Uh, the resolution's uh, 2560 by 1440. Refresh rate is about 75 hertz and it has 99% of the sRGB spectrum. And it works uh, basically a pretty excellent monitor. We haven't got our hands on it yet, but we will probably be reviewing it sometime in the next like little bit. Uh, Lenovo is actually getting into a dedicated like e-paper device, and this is something that they haven't done before. They've they've released like hybrid um, like yoga pads with sort of like an e-paper display and so on, and so this is called the Yoga Paper. And it's like a full-on like e-paper device. It's 10.8 inches and it's basically like a digital note-taking device. So you have pressure sensitivity and all that type of stuff. It'll be working like for English and stuff like that for people in North America. However, it's just being sold uh, in China up until this point. The Kindle Basic has been out for about a week or two. We've reviewed it on our site. I think it's something I couldn't honestly recommend before. Amazon's 11th generation Kindle. In the past, it had like 127 PPI, like eight gigs of storage. There wasn't really anything to be excited about for anybody who reads e-readers on a daily basis or just occasionally reads a book, you at least want a 300 PPI screen. So Amazon sort of solved this issue with their latest generation entry level Kindle. This is the one for like, you know, like a hundred bucks and stuff. It now has a 300 PPI screen and has 16 gigs of internal storage, USB-C, Bluetooth for audiobooks. It's pretty good. I mean, I would honestly see a lot of people 
who want to get into reading ebooks are not kind of sure where to start. Most people kind of want a Kindle or maybe a Kobo just because they have big marketing campaigns. They're two of the largest, you know, retailers in the world when it comes to ebook ecosystems and selling books and selling e-readers themselves. They're sort of all in one devices. I believe I can honestly recommend now the entry-level Kindle. And this is the first time I've ever been able to do that. In the past, it's like, skip it, get the paper white. If you're gonna, you know, you'll thank your eyes later. But now it's like, you know, even if you're gonna buy it as a gift for a person that just reads, you know, hardcovers and paperbacks, you can't really go wrong with it because even if they don't use it that often, it's like a hundred bucks. So it's not like breaking the bank for a gift. Uh, speaking of more Kindle news, if you use Windows 11, both on like a Microsoft Surface tablet, a laptop, a tablet, yeah, like a dedicated Windows tablet or PC, uh, Kindle and Audible have now returned. You can now download the Amazon App Store on various computers now in a lot of countries. So the Amazon App Store used to be just available like in the US. And now they've expanded the capability to download the App Store from, you know, the Windows, you know, the Microsoft Store. So there's this big banner in there now. It's like one of the most hyped downloads. So it's available now in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, the United Kingdom, and like 20 other countries. So suffice to say, in most major markets now, this is available. It's about 2,000 apps, but for the most part, Kindle and Audible are two apps that have been mysteriously absent on Windows computers. You can download Kindle for PC, but it, it's lackluster. The Kindle Cloud Reader, it's kind of garbage. We've reviewed both of them uh, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodyreader. You can kind of just you know, search for Kindle Cloud Reader or Kindle for PC, but I think that the Kindle app for Android has way more functionality than any of the other apps in terms of two page spread, reading on like one giant page, so much text fits on a screen, especially like on a, like a widescreen monitor like I have. And Audible, I mean, Audible killed their Windows app. There was really no way to listen to Audible audiobooks unless you did it in the web browser. But now you actually have the Audible Android app and it's fully functional. It's actually pretty good. We have a write-up on it on the first page of our website along with a bunch of uh, pictures and stuff like that. So uh, you can do that. And further Amazon news, uh, they have just released the Kindle Fire 8. So this is a new Android tablet that is you know, basically available now. Um, it's, I've never been like a huge fan of like the, you know, the, the fire tablets. I often find that they're lackluster. I mean, I don't know. They've never really had like the best specs and like the latest, you know, processors. I mean, they're no iPad, you know, um, and iPad is like the gold standard for tablets, you know, it's cheap as hell, you know, the Kindle fire eight, Eight, so it retails for like $99, uh, the Fire HD plus 119, and then there's two kids editions of each one. So 
things that you need to do uh, or know about this thinner, lighter, and faster than the previous generation. 13 hours of battery life, plenty of storage with 32 gigs. Um, yeah, it's like a hexacore processor, so it's pretty fast. But I mean, it all comes down to, you know, sure you have like 32 or 64 gig options, one terabyte of expandable memory via like the SD card, but it's all coming down to like the resolution and they've never been that great. So you're not gonna re like be able to read like, or watch like 1080p or 2K or 4K video on like Amazon Prime Video or Netflix and stuff like that. I don't even think you're barely gonna get 1080p on them. So, you know, that's the whole reason why you get a multi-purpose tablet is to play games, to uh, watch video content, to listen to music. You know, it's sort of like an all-in-one cheapo thing that you can use to, if you're heavily invested in the Amazon ecosystem, I mean, Kindle books, audiobooks, you could, you can sort of do it all on one thing, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not gonna get 300 PPI screen like you are on the Kindle e-readers. You're gonna get half of that if you're lucky. So, I don't know, it's hard to say. So Peter, who is co-founder of Goody Reader, he doesn't do much like on like the website, but he does a lot of like video content. Uh, he's been in Japan since like the pandemic hit. And so he's been trapped there. One of the benefits of being there is that there's a lot of events that happen there. So we got our hands on a ton of stuff, such as the new Quaderno, a4 and A5 that are using e-ink Kaleido three color e-paper. This is like the obviously the first devices to use Kaleido three. And it has both a 13.3 and a 10.3 variant. The 10.3 model is actually interesting because it has a glow light on it. So this is the first time that a Quaderno has actually had a glow light. So they're using Ian Carta 1250 display panels. This is sort of the same tech as they had on the second generation Quaderno. Suffice to say, there's not really a lot of things that you need to know about it other than the overall performance being increased by about 30%. This includes navigation, opening up PDF files, page turn speed, but also the latency has been reduced when writing with a stylus. So let's talk about the A4 because I think this is the most exciting one. So you are going to get a 13.3 inch screen. The resolution has been increased from the latest, like from the past generation. So this model is gonna be 240 PPI, whereas the previous generation had 227 PPI. So it's a slight increase. But I found out actually some interesting things in terms of Kaleido 3 about how it works. So, It'll display 4,096 different colors and there's a wider color gamut and 30% saturation. However, there's a drawback with this new screen. The color PPI is only 80. This is attributed to the fundamental way that the Kaleido 3 handles PPI differently. It takes the overall black and white PPI and cuts it by one third and that's what the color, and that's what the color PPI will be. So if you have like 
a 300 PPI screen, your color PPI will be basically like 100 PPI. So it's basically the same sort of PPI as like Kaleido 2, but you're gonna be able to display more colors. So it looks like natural. I heard from Linfini, who actually makes the panels that Fujitsu has bought, that it will add about $100 to the cost. So whatever that the Quadrino A4, A5 was, it's going to be increased by $100 because Ink Collider 3 panels are not cheap. Now, let's talk about Gallery 3. This is like huge for the industry. I think it's it's even better than in than Kaleido 3. So the first device that we saw in person was coming from Sharp. And Sharp, as you know, mega company, they make everything. But this is their first attempt at an e-reader, an e-note. So they have an eight inch screen using Gallery 3. It could display 50,000 colors instead of 4,000 colors on Kaleido 3. And it's using a four particle ink system, cyan, magenta, yellow, and white, whereas Kaleido 3 used RGB. So with Gallery 3, it allows a full color gamut at each level of pixel. So you'll basically have like a 300 PPI screen. So in terms of the color resolution, you'll have 300 PPI. This is way better than, you know, what we were just talking about, Kaleido 3, like what, like 80 PPI? So 300 PPI versus 80 PPI, there's like no competition like in regards to that. So the device that we saw from Sharp was mainly like a prototype. Uh, the hardware was really solid, but like the software experience, you could tell it was like hella janky. So there is like another device that's using Gallery 3 that will be coming out in January. Can you guess what it is? It's the Big Me Galley. And we broke the news on it a couple of days before they started their crowdfunding page. So they also have an eight inch reader. Now you might be thinking, why is Sharp, why is Big Me using eight inches? It's because when Gallery 3 was first announced, they optimized it for eight inch screens. And they said that bigger screens or smaller screens will be developed over time, but everybody's doing eight inches right now. So for those of you who are like, where's the 10 inch, where's the 13 point inch with Gallery 3? It's just like, E-Ink hasn't cut the panels for those yet. They've only cut eight inches because they found through their research and development over the course of like the last three years that this is like the perfect like screen size because you get 300 PPI color. And if you cut like larger screens, you're probably not gonna get that. And with smaller screens, it, they're just smaller. So here's what we know. This device is tremendously exciting. It's going to retail for $6.99 and will come out January 2023. You can pre-order from the Goodreader store. So this actually has dual cameras. So they have OCR. So they will, you know, do that type of tech for you. There's 
36 amber and white LED lights. So it has a front-length display and color temperature system. A device is made of aluminum alloy and a glass panel. It's running an octa-core processor, 2.3 gigahertz, 6 gigs of RAM, and 128 gigs of internal storage. If this mind-boggling amount of storage is not suitable for your needs, there is an SD card handling an additional 128 gigs of storage. Uh, Bluetooth 5.1, um, Wi-Fi, USB-C, uh, the camera is 8 megapixel rear, 5 megapixel front, there's four noise cancelling mics, uh, which will handle audio dictation, voice recognition, or various voice communication apps, WhatsApp, Discord, etc. The battery is 4,000 milliamps, which should be good for a couple of weeks. It is an e-note, so it will come with a digital note-taking like layer on it by Wacom. So you'll be able to use any type of Wacom pens, such as the X-Pen 3rd generation or the Lamy All-Star. So the Big Me pen is actually has undergone a, a revision. It has 4,096 degrees of pressure sensitivity and voice control capability. It has a laser light presenter function, which is ideal for meetings and stuff. So basically on the end of it where like the eraser would be, you can actually have like a, you know, a red light that will point at things, which is good. Uh, it'll connect via Bluetooth. You can turn pages in PDF or eBooks with just a click of a button. So you won't have to interact with the screen. So you can actually, there's a page forward and a page back button on just on the stylus. So you can actually turn pages by just having it like on a stand or something like that. I think that's pretty cool. So there's a lot of writing functionality. Bigme is really kind of, they, they this isn't like their first rodeo when it comes to e-notes. Like they have 18 devices that they've released over the last five or six years, and they've all been e-notes. So they've really refined the drawing experience, enhanced it. There, you know, there's more tools, there's more functionality, you know, for drawing or templates, even just like the, the line thickness for both highlighters, pens, pencils, but also 4,096 degrees of pressure sensitivity and palm rejection that it has. There's no word on how many colors you'll be able to draw with. I know previously with their color, like their Clido 2 devices, they had about 16 colors. I have a feeling that they'll probably have more colors, even just a color wheel, because with 50,000 colors, you know, you don't want to be just locked down to 16. That would kind of suck. So this is the galley. Um, things I like about it, support for global handwriting. You can write on everything and anything. You can write on manga, books, magazines, newspapers, or just doodle on the home screen. You can write on DRM content as well. You can write on anything that you want. It has a two-in-one split screen view, which is a very underrated feature. You can have a PDF on one side, note taken on the other. There's mirror cast technology, so you could screen share it. It has Android 11 and Google Play pre-installed, so it's, I mean, this seems really awesome. We're getting a sample sent to us so you can kind of expect some sort of like review, hands-on and things like that. This isn't anything that we're affiliated with. This is just like a pure Big Me release. But I mean, all signs point to this as being the first Gallery 3 device 
ever released and it's going to be released like really soon. Have you ever used the Kindle lending program, which basically allowed you to send books that you own to other people via email? It's been around for about 10 years. It's one of those Kindle legacy features where select books, not all books, the publisher has to enable it or the indie author that uses Kindle Direct Publishing has to enable it when they're uploading a book. And then usually on the description page, like right, like, you know, right under where the price is and add it to cart, it usually gives you like the ISBN number, how many pages are in the book. And it usually says either lending disabled or lending enabled along with like X-ray enabled or not, things like that. So. The Kindle Lending Program has been quietly discontinued. Amazon didn't make any announcement, but all of the like the lending stuff has disappeared from all the product pages. And it's no longer an option for publishers or authors to enable when they're uploading books uh, to sell on Amazon. It basically works like this. I need their email address and I could email them a book that I want as it's being accepted the book is no longer in my library, so I can't open and read it. Only the user that I sent it to can. They can have it for up to about two weeks and then disappears from their device, sends it to my device. As long as like airplane modes are on enabled and just the regular Wi-Fi is enabled, then it's, then it's there. So exactly two years ago, Amazon similarly brought the curtains down on the Kindle lending library. It used to be extremely possible service that allowed users to download one free ebook a month. However, users had the option to download the same title at a later date to continue reading. But this got supplanted by prime reading. So as the Kindle lending library disappeared, you know, disappeared, prime reading took its place, which I think is the more superior product. So Kindle Lending Library didn't necessarily mean anybody could enroll in and get it, you know, as long as you had a Kindle. Prime reading warrants you'd actually have a prime membership. So it's one of those bonus features now. So why is Amazon killing off all these like legacy programs? Well, they got a new CEO, Andy Jassy. And this is now the post Bezos era. So a few people have left the Amazon company uh, lately. Basically the original developer of the Kindle that basically saw every single Kindle being released in the last 15 years. Uh, he left the company. Also the guy that originally developed the Alexa as well as refining like this you know the software as a service since alexa first first developed until now uh he also left the company so all these old executives are leaving the company now and new ones are being brought in but we don't really like know who they are yet because they don't really announce that type of thing so what else is like new we've we've reviewed like our mean Take a look at our YouTube channel. It's on fire. We're releasing like three or four videos a day now. We're just getting so many new products like the Fossil Nutra Gen 6 Hybrid E-Ink Smartwatch. Like the new, we're uploading now like the new Tolino Shine uh, e-reader from Germany that we've just got. Um, you were getting ready to do the Kindle Scribe, which I'm very excited about. I mean, it's Amazon's first e-note. 
and it's like a 10 10 inch screen with like 300 ppi no 10 inch ever has had 300 ppi it's had like 227 ppi which has been acceptable but i mean a 10 inch with 300 ppi folks i mean just a large screen just for reading. I mean, hell, just take note taking out of it. I mean, I'm going to get the scribe just to read because I traditionally like bigger screens to read, especially, you know, not just for books because more text fits on a larger screen than like a, the paper white with a 6.8 inch screen. The base Kindle that I talked about earlier on the show, six inch screen. I mean, Sure, those are more pocket friendly. You know, they easily, you know, the base model Kindle six inches fits in my back jeans pocket. The paper white, you know, I mean, it gets a stretch to fit in my front jeans pocket, but a lot of people just don't have pockets or that, you know, they don't want to stretch them. So it fits in your bag. So with the, the scribe, I think I'm just going to mainly just use it at home just to read and things like that. Cause like with a more expensive device that's like, I think it's 350. I it's like my iPad. I rarely bring my iPad outside of the house because it's like I just don't want to take the risk. I drop it and break the glass screen and stuff like that. So with the Kindle, I'll probably just read it at home. And so transportation aside, it's not a big deal. But I won't use it for writing notes. Although they have, you know, it's like most e-notes. You can read, read edit PDF files. It has like a new PDF rendering engine. So for PDFs with forms like that, you know, check, you know, a box that you could just tap with the stylus and it automatically check marks. And there's certain fields that you can like edit to like write your name with the keyboard or sign the document, you know, at the bottom, like write your signature and put the date there. So, you know, there'll be some elements with the keyboard, especially for like social insurance numbers, the date, month, year. Uh, you know, and then the stylus to write, you know, your signature and things like that. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited about the scribe just because I want to see how Amazon handles it with the initial launch, but also what are they, how are they going to support it over like the long term? Uh, just to give you some quick news items, Hanvon has released the N10 mini for it's, it's a it's an e-note and e-reader. It's a 7.0-inch display, 300 PPI. Uh, we have it for sale on our store. We're going to be reviewing it soon. Blackview Tab 11 has just come out. All-new Kindle and Kindle uh, Kids Edition are out. Um, I think that, like, out of the last couple of weeks... Oh, yeah, the Talina Shine 4 is out. We're going to be reviewing that, like, soon. There is a new e-ink digital license plates made legal in California. And so this is a company that's like been around for like a pretty long time. You know, they've, I don't know, done license plates in like a lot of different countries. It's called, the company's called Reviver, R-E-V-I-V-E-R. -E -E so if you're interested in getting an e-ink license plate, uh, you can check them out. So it's basically like... I don't know. Uh, RP Plate is like another one, uh, another company. So there's two different companies that do like e-ink license plates. So you can check that out. 
So that's basically the news of the day, folks. We enjoy talking with you. And if you have any questions, concerns, drop a comment below. Visit our website, goodybeater.com. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc. And for goodybeater.com, my name is Michael. And everybody take care.